TAFE Queensland acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and respect the continuing connection to land, waters, cultures and family that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples uphold. We pay respect to Elders past, present and future. We recognise that teaching and learning has taken place on country for over 60,000 years and two-way learning is an important part of our reconciliation journey. Hi, my name is Catherine and I'm the host of the podcast My Study Journey. In this season, we go on a discovery journey to learn more about Australia's Indigenous culture and listen to inspiring stories of our First Nations peoples and students. You're listening to Connecting Cultures. Trigger warning, this episode contains references to drug and alcohol addiction. I come to a point in my life at about 35, homeless, ice addict. I had a bag of clothes. I've just lived from day to day. Start my day with a drink. I couldn't make it through a day without having a drink at least, at the very least. And after one drink, it's all over. You're listening to Brendan Larkham. After hitting rock bottom, Brendan knew he had to turn his life around. This is his story. I'm from Tweed Heads, Minjimbul, Bundjalung country, which is down south on the border of Queensland and New South Wales. I'd like to start by acknowledging elders past, present and emerging. It's important in my culture to respect where we're coming from so we know where we're going. Yeah, I don't feel like I had much connection to culture growing up because it wasn't getting taught through families. It wasn't getting handed down through families. I know through some stories that I've heard from my mother, it was illegal to practice culture. You just didn't do it. What we would learn was tiny, like in the scheme of things. And it's something I did struggle with as a child because I could feel it, but I didn't know what I was feeling. Like I needed that cultural advisor or teacher to pass the knowledge down and I think it would give me more of an understanding of, of who I am as a person, a foundation. Without a foundation, a good one, a solid one, it's going to fall over, you know, and it, and it did. It fell over many times. Life just kept falling over on me and I didn't know how to stand up. Growing up as a young fella on the Gold Coast, I was part of a big family. I'm one of seven kids, the second eldest. Growing up down there was, it was like, a, a, I'll call a double-edged sword. There was good times and there was bad times. If I were to focus on the bad times, there was a lot of domestic violence, not that much drug use, more alcohol, gambling. We sort of got into a routine where I could figure out when things were gonna happen and I would get my little brothers and sisters into a room and shut the door and put pillows over their ears and, and whatever we could sort of do just so they didn't focus on what was going out. We had a bed to sleep on. We got fed every night. Drunk mum and dad weren't like sober mum and dad, completely different people. They just did the best that they could do with what they had and what they'd been handed down because it's what they seen as well. We call that like a generational curse. It just gets handed down. 
at times I'll remember parts of my life that were good and good things, but because those bad things were pretty traumatic, they just overshadowed things. Role models, like my old man was gone like when I was seven or eight, so I can't really remember anything positive that he did. My uncles were all alcoholics. Like, there wasn't really any good role models. My role models were my older cousins, so I will just look up to them because the parents weren't really there. We had each other, and what they were doing just became normal. I had my first drink at 12, first smoked Yandy's marijuana. At about 12, I got into the speed around 15. Everyone was doing it. Not an excuse for it, but at the time, 15, and I was trying to fit in. I was trying to belong to something, and that was easy. You didn't have to try hard to be a drug addict. On the Gold Coast, a lot of bikies and that around there, so that drug game was alive in the shadows. Some of those crime organisations seen the benefits of recruiting us as part of their groups because we sort of had the street lockdown, if that's the word that you could use, because we were there, we were the foundation of that street. We had a lot of fights with other young gangs. We were lucky to survive some of these fights. Some of my mates are in jail now and probably will never come out. Some have passed away, some have been killed. That life became our culture as Indigenous people from that area. I asked Brendan what he thinks the effect of not being taught his Indigenous culture had on him at such a young age. When you look at real culture, and I'm blessed to be up here in North Queensland where it's strong, you can tell the difference between kids with culture and kids without culture. The kids with culture are confident, humble, kind, quiet, but proud, but they don't need to go around screaming it out because it's internal. And then you got kids like myself that grew up without it and my self-esteem's still low, my confidence is low. People can tell me how good I am as much as they want. It's not how I feel. It will always go back to that culture. When the people talk about peeling back onions layer by layer, the culture's in the middle. So we're going to get there. Or you have to get there, I reckon, as Indigenous people and non-Indigenous people, we need to go there. Not the culture you see on the news or what you hear about in the newspaper about drunken blackfellas running amok, can't look after their kids. I see good Indigenous people every day. It's because of the circle of people I've got around me are good people. doesn't matter what colour they are. Slowly, through conversations with elders from here, I learn bits and pieces from up this way. I learn bits and pieces through my brother down home who is a a cultural man down home. I think something as strong and powerful as Indigenous culture here in Australia will never die. It's too strong. It's in everything. It's everywhere that we look and it's beautiful. As a young man, Brendan found himself travelling and working in Victoria, where he met the mother of his children. He becomes a painter by trade and in the years to follow, he works on and off as he battles his addictions. This ultimately led to the family breakdown and his children and their mother moved to Cairns. I come to a point in my life at about 35, homeless, ice addict. I had a bag of clothes. I'd just live from day to day, start my day with a drink and 
finish with a drink. I was here in Cairns. My kids lived here with their mother, so I was always trying to live in Cairns to be closer to my kids. I couldn't hold down jobs. I couldn't hold down accommodation. I couldn't make it through a day without having a drink at least, at the very least. And after one drink, it's all over. Throughout Brendan's years of addiction, his mother was his biggest support and encouraged him to go to rehab. He enrolled in a Certificate 3 of Sports and Recreation at TAFE Queensland. However, he found himself relapsing. But his story doesn't end there. He knows something has to change. I asked him if he remembers the moment that he decided to turn his life around. I remember it. It was the 10th of October, four years ago. I was homeless at the time. I was staying out at Red Lynch Football Club, which is 20 minutes from Cairns here. It's where my kids played footy and they lived across the road. They didn't know I was there. But I could, if I wanted to, at say six o'clock or 5.30 in, in the evening, I could walk across and there was a spot I could see them playing in the yard and they didn't even know I was there. That's how strong that pull is to my kids, that I would sit there without them knowing, homeless across the road, watching them play in the backyard. I couldn't do much, I couldn't give them anything else at the time. I remember going back down across the road after watching them and I had a couple of bottles of wine or something there, but I remember drinking them, passing out, waking up in the morning and I sort of sat up and I would always, like I said, I would always have that bit to start the day. And this day it was half a bottle of wine. And I sort of opened my eyes, looked over and I don't know, it's like sort of corny, but the sun was shining on the bottle. I don't know, I just looked at it and I thought, what are you gonna do? Like, I wanna live. That's what I thought actually at the time. I wanna live and I don't wanna die. I want my kids to have a dad. Things like that are going through my head. I'm crying at six o'clock in the morning. I got up and I walked to that rehab and I reckon it was a two hour walk and it felt like it. I was just there. And it was all I could think of because it was the only time in my life I've had support with my addiction was through that rehab. The only time I'd felt some sort of normality to life was in that rehab. I walked in, like I said, it felt like I'd floated there. And I'm at the gate, I'm probably 50 kilos, no teeth, I was a mess. If you would see me then to now, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't even know that it was me. The lady was in there who knew me from the two times that I'd been there before, and she's just like, come in. What are you doing, you're a mess. I said, can you please help me? I need your help. And I was in there a week later. I walked in and there was the guy that I actually knew from addiction who was working there. So he got off it over the years and I didn't, hadn't seen him. And he was working in there and he looked at me and he goes, oh, how you going, brothers? And I thought he was a resident. I thought he was in there, like in the rehab, not working there. And I said, oh, what are you in here for? And he goes, oh, I work here. And then started telling me how he changed his life and and what he was doing. and. He's like, what are you willing to do? And I said, whatever it takes. And that was the difference. That was when the switch came. 
After finishing his final successful rehab stint, Brendan got full custody of his children and was working full-time in his trade as a painter. One day on his day off, as he was sunbaking, he was listening to a motivational podcast and he came to the realisation that he wanted to give back. With his life experience behind him, he knew he could help people and he enrolled into a Certificate 3 in Community Services at TAFE Queensland. I had enough money to last for the nine months while I studied, which it did. It worked out pretty good. So I had a plan, pretty much, and I knew what I wanted and I wasn't going to stop the Cert 3 Community Service here at Cairns TAFE. Had an awesome teacher, Pete Meyer, really understanding just life experience. Yeah, I could just sit and yarn with him about things and I was like, look, I can't use computers. I feel like I'm gonna get left behind. And he's like, well, I do two classes. You can come in and do an extra class. So that's what I did for nine months. So I did four days instead of two like everyone else. But I, I knew that I needed to do that to get to what I, it didn't matter. It wasn't about anyone else. The other students would like look at me like, why is he in two classes? But they're sitting there going, <laughs> flying through their assessments, typing it. So it wasn't the actual assessment. It was typing it onto the computer because I'm one-handed like old school. I figured out what I wanted and how to get it and I asked for help to get there. That was what got me there. A guy named Chris Popple, he works here at... Cairns Tafe, he's a sports and rec teacher, awesome guy. I'm still good mates with him now. I still come and yarn if I've got problems with Chris or Peter, depending if it's a sport thing or a community service thing. Chris was probably what I would call my first role model. I came into the Tafe, fresh out of rehab, trying to change my circle of friends. When I thought sports and rec, you know, they'll be healthy people. That was my thinking behind it. And I met Chris. There's always people put in your path, I reckon, that are sent to you for a reason, to help to get to where you want to go. And Chris is one of those people. Peter's one of those people. I asked Brendan how important education is. I wouldn't have got to where I got to if I didn't come to this tape. To change the direction of the wheel, we need to be in it. Education gets us in that, in that wheel. Education gives us a perspective on wide Australia, almost, because it's a two-way street. Through Indigenous mob coming in to TAFE or wherever to learn these qualifications about something you love. It's got to be something you love too, I reckon. You can teach your culture through your job. You can teach your culture through conversations at lunch. You can teach your culture through stories. If we can have heaps of them one-on-one -on -one conversations through education. It's healing, we're getting to know, whitefellas are learning about us, we're learning about them. Just gives you a bit more understanding of where we come from, that empathy. Brendan completed his qualification and through a contact at TAFE Queensland, he managed to get an interview with AFL Cape York and secured a role as their residential boarding supervisor. Although this position was a massive achievement for Brendan, he does reflect on the transition into the new role being a bit rocky. Kane, my manager, I went into his office at the start of this year and I said, I don't think this job is for me. 
I said, all I know how to do is run. I can talk about running all day. So I'm walking around and I've asked every kid if they want to come running. He said, oh, that's your perspective. They had a bit of a conversation around timelines. He said, go home and write a timeline about your life with significant moments leading up to now. And you'll see that you've overcome a lot more than this problem that you think is a problem, which is only what you think is a problem. It's not necessarily what the boys are thinking. He said, in my experience, I've been working here for years and years. No one just comes in and builds instant relationships. You've got to give it a bit of time. So I went home and I did that timeline. Again, just another light bulb, one of those light bulb moments. Like, is this really a problem? So I approached it different because I was going in there and I was serious. I can see that these kids, if they don't, have good role models, where they can go. I know where they can go. So it was serious for me. So I had to let go a little bit and try and just be chill with them. I said to my manager, Kane, I said, it's almost like they see me and they're like, oh, Brandon's coming. He's going to ask me to go for a run. And they were diverting. <laughs> like, it was like they would divert their path. But I sort of walk in. It was more of a casual chat. How you going, bros? Which way we go for a run? One boy, he said yes this day. Probably about four months after I'd started working there. And that was a breakthrough I needed. It was a breakthrough I was waiting for too because when I said, you want to go for a run? He's like, oh, yeah, all right. Walks into the dorm, into his room, and he comes out with skins, footy shorts and a running singlet. And I said, oh, you look like you've ran before. And he goes, yeah, I run a bit. He'd been running. There was runners in there, but it was what that manager said, they don't know you. And you need to build that trust. To him, it might not have been a big thing. To me, it was like a huge thing for me. Since breaking the ice with the boys, he regularly takes them to the track for training sessions and has created a safe space for them to, in his own words, have a yarn, escape the pressures of life and refocus. So I took him running, he loved it. I reckon maybe four weeks after that, I had 10 boys. The floodgates just opened. I asked Brendan how he reflects on his story. So life's confusing. So many different ways you can look at it. So it depends on how you are or how you think and feel as a person. It's how you see the world. If you've grown up watching your mum get flogged by your father and there's grog and there's drugs and people are stealing and there's crime, like you're not going to be like someone who's been nurtured and loved and supported and guided. I was talking to my brother not long ago, a couple of months ago, about everyone plays their part in that circle. Everyone's a spoke in that wheel. We all have a role to play. My brother said to me, he said, your bloodline has been waiting for you. When he said it, I'd nearly started crying. I said, what do you mean? He said, we've been waiting for someone like you for generations. Your bloodline's been waiting for you to stop, to stop it. Breaking the cycle, you know, we can start implementing these positive changes that will need to be taught. They'll need to be taught could take generations to get outcomes. So that's another thing people have got to understand is it's not just going to happen. If it's taken three generations to get to where we are, it's going to take three generations to get out of where we are. Not only has Brendan changed his path, 
He is also an inspiring example to the community of how others can do the same. I didn't see myself running marathons. I didn't see myself working at AFL Cape York. I didn't see myself having this conversation. My life now is a fairy tale from the life I had and it's not like a extravagant life and I don't have a lot of money or three cars or a big flash house but I've got a home that's my home I've got full custody of my three sons I'm proud of the life I've created I'm proud that I keep my head held high I'm proud of who I am I'm proud of where I come from I'm proud of my culture I'm proud of the man I'm becoming their life's not that bad If you or anyone you know need help, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14. If you've enjoyed this story and want to explore studying at TAFE Queensland, visit us at tafequeensland.edu.au. Click on the international tab at the top of the page. That's tafeqld.edu.au.